Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're doing well. We have a good show today. We are going to talk about Should I Bet My Team, a segment you will hear all throughout the football season. We will then kind of talk a little bit about the week one games, because why not, right? College football, how can you not be excited about college football and what's on the cusp here? We had a great night last night with Ohio State and Minnesota and a few other games here and there. And then we got North Carolina, Virginia Tech tonight. So I'm just wrapped up. Like, it's hard not to be. I'm sure we'll talk about week one in the NFL as well next Friday at, when that debuts, which I'm very excited for that, as obviously. And then we will also talk about the Brewers and Giants, and then we'll ride out of here. And we'll talk a little Cardinals-Brewers, too, preview the weekend series as well. And that'll be about it for today. I know it's a holiday weekend. I know a lot of you are probably already up at your lake house. If not, you're making the drive up. Hopefully, you guys are listening to us as we get started. So let's debut Should I Bet My Team and explain what that's all about. So I'm not ignorant to know that sports gambling is as popular as it's ever been. Um, I don't think there's been a time that sports gambling is more popular than now. Um, Bill Simmons likes to say, is this thing having a moment? It is having a moment. It is not a back alley thing. Nobody has a bookie. Multiple states have legalized gambling. Wisconsin not being one of them. But I do think in years to come, Wisconsin will figure out how to rework their state constitution and make gambling legal. I know Oneida wanted to do it for the Green Bay Packers and in Green Bay. I don't know if that actually created any sort of real traction. Um, It was a thing this summer for like a day or two, and then it sort of petered out. So I'm not oblivious to that. And I had a segment last year where it was like, should I bet, bet on my team? And it will really serve to us as the team preview for both Wisconsin and Green Bay. I did team previews on the blog for years. Um, it was like a Friday tradition that I would do sort of a game preview. As I've gotten you know, on, it's not necessarily something that does well from a page view perspective. It just doesn't. I, I hate that it doesn't. I, I love doing them. It was always fun. I felt like I learned a lot heading into each game by doing the game preview. And maybe we'll do it more on the on the podcast and we'll kind of get you a preview and then do the should I bet my team. It's all a work in progress. So that's where I'm like, all right, well, we need to do something from a preview perspective. And here we go with should I bet, bet on my team? Because I, I feel like it is a good segment. I think it's a fun segment. I think it incorporates the preview because you basically are previewing the game, but you're also talking about, hey, would I bet the line for this, this game? Now we have one rule of should I bet on my team? It is if you don't like the team you're cheering for, whether it be Wisconsin, whether it be Green Bay, you don't bet against them, okay? That's one of my number one rules is that you do not bet against the team you cheer for. I don't understand people who do that. I know that I have friends who call it an emotional edge sometimes. But look, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's loser mentality. But I, all I'm going to say is like, that's where you need to take a step back. Like it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have a good time. You're supposed to do it responsibly. And please do it responsibly. Don't end up in the poorhouse by by Thanksgiving and you're eating, eating things out of soup cans. Like don't do that, okay? But at the same time, like I just, we're not going to be, I'm never going to recommend that you bet against 
Wisconsin. Now, if you're maybe a Marquette fan who's like hate listening, yeah, for sure. If you don't like Wisconsin, if you don't have that sort of allegiance, um, I'm okay with that. That That's acceptable. So that is maybe the only time. So yes, this will kind of serve as our, our weekend preview for the NFL, for college football. And oh yeah, we're going to put this on Instagram, TikTok. This will definitely be something that will not just be on the podcast. So if you follow us on both, I really appreciate it. If you don't, for some reason, tapping the keg sports on both Instagram and and TikTok. Um, TikTok, by the way, we're we're doing really well there. Uh, continuing to grow our base, I'm very excited for sort of the future there and Instagram too. Um, we're almost at 250. Um, slowly but surely, we're getting there, um, which is really great. I feel like every taco place in Milwaukee for some reason keeps following me. I got Taco Moto who just followed me yesterday. Shout out to them. Uh, Electric Lime Takira Takakira. Oh, I mispronounced that. We're not even gonna try Electric Lime. I'm sorry. Blew that sponsorship. Haya Taco like. I don't know how it started, but I have all the taco places following me. So that's that's a good thing. Maybe we need to work a taco partnership here here in the near future. But okay, enough about me. Let's talk about Wisconsin-Penn State. So Wisconsin-Penn State is a very interesting matchup. It is a top 25 matchup to kick off the college football season. The Big Ten itself is starting with conference games to begin the year. I don't know if everybody's playing conference games, but I'm pretty sure it is because you have Michigan State Northwestern tonight. You have Iowa and Indiana um, in the afternoon on Saturday. So there are Big Ten conference matchups to begin the year for almost everybody. Let's see if it's everybody to, to confirm that. I actually think Rutgers is playing Temple, which it would not qualify. Okay, so it's not everybody. Western Michigan is playing Michigan. Temple's playing Rutgers. Fordham's playing Nebraska, Virginia Tech, West Virginia's playing Maryland, Oregon State's playing Purdue, UTSA is playing Illinois. So let me redact that. Only a few are playing their conference opponents. Um, and it's interesting that the Big Ten is rolling this out. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think that it, I like sort of starting out with non-conference games and then easing our way into the conference schedule. That said, this makes more, this makes for a better TV slate, right? Having Penn State and Wisconsin is a great week one game. You don't usually get that game in week one. The dirty secret about week one for a lot of years was it was fun to have college football back, but everybody was playing the Sisters of the Poor. So it the, the games weren't really that exciting. You basically had to hope for like an Appalachian State moment every time you're out there. I remember years ago when I was hanging out with Pat and Seth and Mike and we were all up at Pat's place um, for a weekend and McNeese State was keeping it close with Nebraska and we were like, we're all McNeese State. Like we're all cheering for McNeese State as they're keeping it close with Nebraska. But that was all we had on because I think Wisconsin was piss pounding whatever team they were playing. And so there is a little bit of that where you're like, oh, what what is there to watch? I mean, and then once you get to October, you're like knee deep in conference football and it's like game wall to wall. Don't bother me. Please leave me alone uh, from like 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. So getting that Penn State, Wisconsin is really nice. You know, Gus Johnson, Gus Cl uh, Joe Klatt, not Gus Klatt, Joe, Joel Klatt on the call. 
um, as it's part of Fox's Big Noon Saturday. And the Badgers are a five and a half point favorite against the Penn State Nittany Lions. Now, for those who don't gamble, usually the home team gets about three points. So Vegas likes the Badgers a little bit more than that three, and maybe they like Penn State a little bit less. So to dive into the matchup, Wisconsin brings so much back. The Badgers are loaded on both sides of the football with people back from last season's team. Last year's team was a young team, and they are looking for a rebound. Graham Mertz has another year under his belt. Now, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about Graham Mertz, and if the Badgers do struggle in this game, Graham Mertz is going to be the headline, likely. He has Jake Ferguson, one of the best tight ends in in college football, a definite NFL talent without question, and that is a great security blanket. He has wide receivers... That have been there for fuck, what seems to be six or seven years. Ches Molinari in the backfield, um, which is really strong with Jalen Berger, aka the Chesburger, which I love. I, I love I love the Chesburger. But yeah, Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, both being back. The offensive line is a little little young in the middle with uh, Joe Tipman and Jack Nelson there who are redshirt sophomores and freshmen but they still have some experience the tackles are back Logan Bruss but a draft pick Tyler Beach will be a draft pick both seniors so like they have a lot of guys that are back in the mix which which you love to see and they have a great linebacking crew and they have a really strong secondary I think what's going to make the difference here for the Badgers is their secondary and when you look at Penn State, Penn State also has some of that unknown energy, right? Sean Clifford is the starting quarterback. It took Penn State forever to really find that starting quarterback. It took them pretty much the whole year. It was kind of the classic, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks thing. But yes, you do have Sean Clifford leading the way at quarterback, um, and his basically all of his guys transferred behind him. So it's Sean Clifford's team. It's kind of like a bullpen pitcher. It's their inning. Sean Clifford is that guy. Now, Jahan Dotson is a really good wide receiver. That'll be one of the best matchups is him against Favion Hicks and Cesar Williams. That's kind of the matchup for me that I'd watch with when Penn State is on offense. They have some good tackles, but their tackles aren't. I think as proven as what Wisconsin has, Rasheed Walker on the left tackle, the blind side for Sean Clifford, again, another draft pick, but I don't know what you're necessarily getting out of him compared to what Wisconsin has aligned. Now, John Lovett is a transfer from Baylor, very talented. He's third on the depth chart right now, so it doesn't look like he will be starting. It looks like they're going to roll with Noah Kane at their running back position, which is very interesting because I think a lot of people thought Lovett would make an impact. As for the Penn State defense, there there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks there for Penn State, um, where it's like I, I don't know exactly what you're getting out of this defense. Penn State always has been known for their sort of defensive energy, shall we say? Their their linebacking core, Penn State linebackers, have been a thing for decades, right? But they they don't really have that guy there where I'm like, all right, that's that's a really good player. That's a a talented, talented player. I think if I had to say, again, secondary, just like the Badgers, with Tyreek Castro-Fields and Jaquan Brister, those guys are first-round talents. Those are really, really what you should be kind of looking for is that first-round talent out there. And they have a little bit of a pass rush, but that was a huge problem 
for them last season. They could not gain any sort of pressure on the quarterback. And that has to be a concern if you're Penn State with a talented quarterback with Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz should have a lot of time to throw the football. And with experienced wide receivers and an experienced tight end, that could be an issue. So we've kind of laid out both sides. And now the question is, would you bet the five and a half for the Badgers? Now, if you wanted to buy the point down, I don't think that makes sense. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with gambling, buying the point down means that you get it at five. So if, for example, some people bet Ohio State at 14 and a half yesterday. Now, if they bet Ohio State at 14 and a half, they lost their bet. If they would have just bought the point down, which would have probably made the odds about minus 120 um, instead of minus 110 or minus 115, um, they would have pushed. They would have just said, all right, whatever, I get my money back, and that's it. But instead, they lost. Five and a half is not a number where I'd say, yeah, pull it down. Like usually, usually a team's winning by six or a team's winning by four. Um, that's five is not a football number. Shout out to Rico Bosco. Always, always a rider and will forever be a rider. I think the real ones know what I'm talking about. Anyways, five and a half, Wisconsin. The over-under is 50, but we'll talk about the spread first, then we'll go to the over-under. Five and a half is a bet for the Badgers. I think you're betting the Badgers this week. Um, I just think Penn State, while they have an experienced quarterback, they don't have a lot of experience elsewhere. Jahan Dotson's a really good player. Walker's a good player. They're unproven at running back. They're unproven at wide receiver. You have a full set of fans. Now, students might not show up to the second half, which I hate. And I took umbrage with it on the blog today, tabbingthekeg.com, if you want to go read it. Um, I still think it's going to be a very loud environment. I think home field advantage matters for really the first three or four weeks of the season. I think that's really going to play a factor. And I think something that Vegas will not has not adjusted to just yet. Like that to me is why, well, I guess the Minnesota line was just right. But if you think about it, that line wasn't right. The Minnesota was covering that entire game. And then Ohio State got a touchdown at the very end. So I'm not ready to be like, oh yeah, Vegas nailed that one, bro. No way, right? Like I, I really can't. I can't say they nailed that even though it did hit the number. I, I, I'm just saying, like, you got to use some context there. So I do think that matters. I do think the home field advantage is going to matter. I also think the fact that Penn State dealt with turnovers all last season, that was their biggest bugaboo. Their biggest bugaboo was turnovers. And if they're facing an experienced secondary, like with Hicks, with Williams, Scotty Nelson, like, they have a bunch of guys that are going to give Sean Clifford problems. Colin Wilder, also a really good player, um, who is who did not start last year, but he is another experience. They have four seniors back there. Trust me, Wisconsin is going to force some turnovers, and they are going to give short fields to the Wisconsin Badger offense, and I think that is the difference, and that is why I think Wisconsin wins. I think Wisconsin wins by 10. I actually like the over two. Um, I'm not one to parlay both. I would not recommend that, which means basically putting them all together, making one bet for those, again, who don't gamble. I realize there are some of you who don't gamble, so just trying to teach you. The over-under is 50. Um, to go over, we need 51. 50, 
Not the best football number, right? You'd, you'd hope it to be in seven, so you'd want it at 49. So right now it's at 50. I would bet the over. I, I just see a lot of points in this game. I, I know Penn State and Wisconsin's history has been more defensive struggles, but I just look at the fact the Badgers could get some short fields uh, with with their with turning the ball over. Penn State has some explosion on offense with guys like Dotson and Clifford and their defense a little unproven and Wisconsin's I know has been great throughout the years with Jim Leonard one of the best defensive coordinators in all football still you could see some some leaks early so that to me is why I would say I would bet both like I I think five and a half I feel a little bit if you're asking me confidence wise I feel better about five and a half than I do the 50 uh, just because you could get that classic sort of big 10 game but I, I could easily see that going over. Um, so I would, I'd rank the five and a half first, the 50, the over under second. Um, that's how I would do it. Um, I, you can do it however you want. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of college football. And I am so, so excited for it. As for some of the other games, you know, just to tickle our fancy, talk about, you know, the weekend, how you structure the weekend, right? I think for so many, it's really hard to do a full day of college football. Even for me, like I, I watch a lot of college football, but it's very rare that I can go from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. I would argue that watching college football for an entire day is better than watching NFL for an entire day. And you say, Charlie, you're fucking crazy. And I would say, no, I'm not, because you can flip to any channel and get college football with NFL, you really are stuck with two games. Now, I know people will say, well, the Red Zone or DirecTV, whatever. It's like, yeah, sure. But still, like, you are watching your team. Like, for Wisconsin, I care about Wisconsin. I mean, we talked about that on the podcast, I think, Tuesday. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to just completely ignore everything else. When the Packers are playing, I pretty much ignore everything else. Now, I would say this year plays into more because of the schedule, the timing and everything like that. There are going to be a lot more opportunities to watch more more NFL football, but I would just love it. I love full days of college football. It's just, to me, the best experience. So obviously, we start off Wisconsin-Penn State, and that is the premier game of the 11 a.m. slate. You do have Stanford and Kansas. That's not a bad one. Uh, Army versus Georgia State. You just have a bunch of teams running the triple option. That is porn for some people. In in the afternoon, it's the premier game is Alabama Miami. Now Alabama is a 19 and a half point favorite against the, a 14th ranked Hurricane team, which seems excessive. We'll we'll see we'll see about that. Also, you never make money betting against Alabama. That's usually the motto. Um, but Alabama Miami, uh, 2:30 on ABC, which is a, a good one to watch. But honestly, I will probably have my eyes on Iowa Indiana, 17 versus 18, Big Ten Network, 2:30. Iowa four-point favorite. I actually love Iowa in that spot. I think Indiana is getting a lot of early hype. I actually didn't put a future on Indiana's under, but I would have. I should have. Um, I just don't, I think last year was a little fluky, um, and I think we're going to start. It's going to show its show itself starting against Iowa at full stadium at Kinnick too. Kinnick, I would argue, is right there with Wisconsin in terms of best experiences. So that that is one to watch. That 330 also you have Louisiana, so the Raysian Cajuns against Texas. Um, 
fascinating matchup there as well as san jose state and usc so that game is on pac-12 network i don't think anyone in america gets pac-12 network but i am very fascinated in that result see what happens i would not be surprised if san jose state that's a close game and a lot of people on twitter are talking about it so then we go to the night slate whether you're at the bar whether you're staying at home the premier game is Georgia and Clemson. Number five versus number three. I cannot love Clemson more. Um, I just think Clemson might be the best team in football. I think D- DJ Ongilele, shout out. Yeah, I got that name right. First time, bitch. I, I love Clemson. I think Clemson's really good. I think Georgia, there's a lot of question marks early on. I think Clemson's one of my favorite favorite teams of week one. I think it's a fantastic one to go with. If there's other games, if say this one gets out of hand, and I hope for a good game too. Like, let me be fully honest. Like, I we we deserve a good game out of that one. Um, you do have a few others that are worth just checking out. Like Oregon State, Purdue is not terrible. Uh, Syracuse and Ohio, actually not not the worst game. Like you're like Charlie, you're a D-Gen, yet you are even like, you know, you have a an eye on, on those on those games. It's like, yeah, I do. Um also you have LSU and UCLA, which is an hour after. I sneaky love that by Fox, okay? Because if Georgia and Clemson's a bust, like let's just say Clemson blows the fucking doors off them early on. We'll all go watch LSU-UCLA at the Rose Bowl. LSU favored. LSU's been dealing with Hurricane Ida all week. Um, UCLA, a ton of hype coming out there. And so now it's like, all right, well, at least we get to watch that if that sucks. But hopefully you're at a bar. Hopefully the bar is able to have both games going. That's the ideal world. You want both of those games on TVs because that that's how it should. And the Brewers, by the way, you gotta have the Brewers. They're always a tough. This is always a tough time for bartenders, which is a whole other podcast. But like, I just would love to work like create a system. Whether I create laminate sheets for bartenders, I don't know, um, because I would create a schedule of how you should structure your TVs throughout the day, and I would say, all right. Six o'clock, you want to have the Brewers on. You want to flip to the Brewer game. Make sure you're not flipping off a, a bad, like a good college football game. Like if Bama and Miami is close, like do not put like Brewer pregame on. Like no one needs to watch fucking Dario and Craig Kashawn early on when Alabama and Miami are close. Like don't you dare do that. But that to me is like such a quintessential part of a good bar. If you understand your TVs and you understand the games going on, I will come back to your bar 10 times out of 10. So lastly, the snow, well, it used to be the Snow Tap WI bar watch of the evening. It is now the Tabby the Keg bar watch. Um, I'm so used to saying it. Uh, BYU, Arizona. I'm very interested in that one. Arizona could be one of the worst power five teams, but BYU, they just lost Zach Wilson. So are they able to just respond in the right way? That one's being played in Vegas. You have that as well as Nevada and California. If you really want to get late night, there is a Hawaii-Portland State game. But that one, I don't believe there's TV. Uh, Utah State and Washington State also is at 10. But that's, on again, Pac-12 Network. Again, none of us get it. And then the great thing about Labor Day weekend, you have game game Sunday night, uh, Notre Dame and Florida State. You have a game Labor Day, Louisville and Ole Miss. 
and then we take two days off, and then we get the NFL on Thursday, college football on Friday, then college football Saturday, two more days in the NFL, and then we take a break for a couple days. Weeks just fly in September because you have so much fucking football on, and you have baseball to talk about. So let's go to talk about baseball. Let's talk about the Brewers for a little bit before we ride out of here on a Friday. The Milwaukee Brewers lost a game against the San Francisco Giants. Yes, I know that is shocking. Um, they dropped the game 5-1. to one. It was kind of to be expected, let's be honest. Um, the Brewers were, it was a short, they needed to travel, so you didn't expect a lot of action. Logan Webb's been one of the best pitchers in baseball in the last 30 to 45 days. No one's talking about how good Logan Webb is. He was fantastic in this one. Eric Lauer, also fantastic. Um, and yeah, the, the Brewers unfortunately got screwed by an umpire. It kind of fucked Devin Williams up. He then gives up a three-run homer after allowing the game game uh, go-ahead run for the Giants. And the Brewers lose 5-1. to one. But this was an awesome series for the Brewers. No one should be holding their heads down. The Brewers 4-3 and three on this road trip absolutely fine with that taking three out three from the giants is a huge accomplishment given how good san francisco has been this season especially at home uh the brewers should not hang their heads low after leaving san francisco that three games is great um you can't expect them to win every game that's just not not possible in baseball so I loved what I saw from the Brewers this week. They played really well. Um, very impressive. A very impressive performance by by Milwaukee. Um, just from the pitching staff to the timely hitting, it was as good of a series for the Brewers as any really in the last two or three months. It's just not. An, it's just not an easy series. That's a series you circle, and the Brewers got it done. Now it's kind of nice they're playing the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend. Because it avoids the hangover. I would be very worried if the Brewers were playing like the Pittsburgh Pirates or even the Cubs, right? And there would be sort of that hangover feel of like, oh, we just played. We just had to be so focused against the team like the Giants because it's like playoff like baseball. And now we're facing this ragtag bunch on a Friday night. And there just could be a lot of careless mistakes. There's no way the Brewers will let their guard down against a St. Louis team who is contending for a wild card spot. I think they're about four or four and a half back. They had a decent series against the Cincinnati Reds over the week. Over the week, and they kind of held. They held form. They just held form. I think they're about four and a half back. We'll we'll get it on this right now for us. The Cardinals sit two and a half back of the Cincinnati Reds. It is a fascinating wild card race. So not only not four and a half back. So the Phillies who've won six straight who come to town on Labor Day. So that'll be a good series for the Brewers after the Cardinals. Um, they're two back. Cardinals two and a half back. Mets five and a half back. Padres are a half game back of the Cincinnati Reds. So there is a fight for that wild card, and we'll see. We'll definitely see who gets it. So this weekend means a lot to the St. Louis Cardinals. It means a whole hell of a lot. They don't care about the division. Their eyes are set on that wild card. Also, they have Cincinnati playing Detroit. Don't sleep on those Tigers, though. The Tigers, to me, are one of my favorite sort of next year teams. Like, Tigers are are coming. They're going to be a thing next year, I think. Uh, but 
week game one, you have Adam Wainwright against Freddie Peralta. Adam Wainwright just won pitcher of the month for August. Adam Wainwright's been incredible this season. Facing off against Freddie Peralta, who's coming off the injury. I don't know what we can expect from Freddie Peralta in this one. I think just a couple innings. I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers sort of try to manage his innings in a way. Like, I don't know. Maybe they go with a little bit of an Aaron Ashby piggyback. Like, Freddie goes for three innings, and then you go to Aaron Ashby, who was very impressive, by the way, on Sunday. And if you read some of the Aaron Ashby notes where it's like, this guy's going to be great. Um, the Brewers could have a four-headed monster next year in pitcher. It's it's unbelievable. Aaron Ashby probably will get some run here uh, on Friday's game. And I think with the Brewers and Wainwright, who they've been okay against, but Wainwright has killed him throughout the career. I think the goal is just get one or two. It would be ideal if the kind of the model that you had against San Francisco, where you jump on him early and then let the bullpen and the starting pitching kind of take care of it. That would be the best thing. Wainwright does struggle a little bit on the road, but his home road splits aren't as what they used to be. He's had some dramatic home road splits the last couple of years. This year, not too much. 365 on the road, 6-2, and two, 10, 10 starts against the Brewers this season. He has a 245 ERA, uh, 14 hits, but only three runs allowed. So the Brewers have been able to hit him. They just haven't been able to score against him. They The batting average against uh, Wainwright is at 304. That is tied for, or it's, yeah, it's, well, not tied, excuse me. San Diego has, has the top batting average. So but it's one of the top batting averages against Wainwright this season. So the Brewers have some decent numbers. We'll see if they can get it done against Adam Wainwright. Then on Saturday, you have Adrian Hauser against uh, Huang Kim. Wayne Kim has been very tough, was very tough on the Brewers. It is a left-hander. The Brewers have been pretty good against lefties down the stretch. See you later, Mo. Mo's headed out for the day. Has to work a full day, not a half day like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> but Wayne Kim, like I said, has been was good in his one start against the Brewers, a 1.69 ERA there, and he will face off against Adrian Hauser. Hauser's been a stud of late, ground ball artist. Um, a guy I really think will play an important role for the playoffs. I, I thought that too about Eric Lauer yesterday. I had that thought that like you need those guys to be like a, a World Series team. You need to have the pitchers who maybe aren't your starters, but they're guys who are paying, pitching three to four innings if a starter struggles. You see that all the time in modern baseball. I think Lauer and Hauser, for that matter, can both be those guys. And I did not think that about Eric Lauer to start the season. David Stearns, the god, yet again. And then on Sunday, we wrap up with John Lester, who's been a gas can for the greater part. He did pitch well against the Reds uh, last week against Corbin Burns. So we get Corbin against Lester on, on Sunday. So for the Cardinals, if you had to sort of say it, it's like, well, you face Burns and Peralta off the DL. That's pretty good when you're facing the Brewers. So I, I do think it's a series the Brewers can win. Keep winning series. That's all that matters. The magic number is at 18 right now. Just do not fuck around. That would be my motto. You have the next three series at home as you face St. Louis, Philadelphia, and Chicago. Like, just take care of business. You probably can't clinch by September 12th. But let's get as close to it as possible so you can just get all these guys rested and ready for the postseason run because it should be a long one for your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, that does it for today's show. 
We will probably be back either Sunday or Monday. Um, I'm really sorry that we didn't tape yesterday. Um, I know you guys haven't got a lot of podcasts from me in the last two weeks. Um, definitely a re-energized look um, as the next week starts. Kind of this week was a relaxing week for me and my now wife where it wasn't maybe as, I wasn't as dialed in. I'll be honest too, like the late night Brewer games really fucked with me. Um, just in general, um, and I have to learn how to navigate that as I'm trying to give you guys not only more content, but giving you guys consistent content. Like you guys don't deserve to have podcasts come out at like 10 o'clock on on a day where it's like I'm already through the workday. Like I usually like to listen to you when I'm driving to work. So I'm going to really try hard to give you guys podcasts as quick as possible. So as you're starting your day, I can start your day with you if you so choose, which we really appreciate it. So that's something I'm working on. Also, please join the play action pool. I'll try to link that again. Um, We're going to try to make a big push for play action. Um, They're working with us. If you need to run, you want to run your own office pool, I have a link. It's TTKEG is my is my affiliate. Um, feel free to reach out. I'll send you that link as well. We'll get that started uh, so you guys can join. We're probably just going to do the NFL college football. Maybe a little ambitious to do both. And I obviously missed the window with college football. So we will get the NFL started. We have one, one couple people joining. Um, we'll get a little bit more. So hopefully we can move forward with that and we'll give away some cash prizes, of course, because we take care of the people. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend and we'll be back sunday monday talking badgers talking brewers the whole kit and caboodle all right take care guys have yourself a great weekend we'll see you next week stay safe bye